0: Welcome to the Open House podcast site Available at openhousecommunity.com.au Now we continue our captivating series of I Am Second Ambassadors Very powerful movement sparked in the United States With a range of compelling and quite beautifully produced video interviews Just Google YouTube I Am Second And you'll find them including Lisa Luby Ryan Lisa grew up in a chaotic family situation Her mother was never there she was raped by her father at the age of six and had no real relationship with her parents. Lisa never really knew what a family was, and as a result struggled to have proper relationships of her own. Her first marriage broke down, and it wasn't until she was completely lost that she says "God showed up." She started going to church and found out what a real family was like. Lisa's now been married for seventeen years and knows that she is second. To God. Lisa, welcome to Open House.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: It's wonderful to have you here. Lisa, what words would you use to describe your childhood? Can you give us a picture of the average day in your household then?
1: The average day, on an average day, I would get up in the morning and I would walk my older brother and sister to the bus stop. They were my protection. We were safe in numbers. But when they left to go to school every day, I was not safe. And so I would walk into to the desktop and I would come home and I would crawl under a card table that I had wrapped with sheets and I would crawl under there um, and build Barbie houses all day long. And I did that because if I was out of line of sight, I was safer. Um, but we never knew if my mother was coming home. We never knew when she came home who she was bringing with her. My mother's identity was through the man she was with, and it turns out my mother was also raped and sexually abused as a child. So she was running from her own issues, and she didn't know what a healthy relationship was. She didn't know what a mother was to be. She had to get married, and... um So I think she was running and doing everything she could to escape her feelings of guilt and shame.
0: How would you describe your relationship with your father?
1: Oh, there was not a relationship with my father. The only time I saw my father um, was when we would go to the motorway to watch the speed races on on Friday evenings. And it's interesting because... When my parents divorced and my father had his every other weekend, we would get sick. We would cry. We would, you know, drag our fingers on the concrete not to go visit him because that's when we were abused. It was, um, my father raped me from the age of six to 16 and, but my mother was so desperate to be with her men on the weekends that we had no choice but to go to our father's home. And so... We had a very superficial relationship every other weekend until everyone says, why, till 16? Why'd you let it happen? Well, at the age of 16, I bought my own car. I worked at 14 and 15 and bought my own car at 16 and could go where I needed to go on the weekends that we were supposed to be there.
0: Did you keep that a secret from everyone else?
1: No one knew, because that's not what a father's supposed to do. That's not how a father is supposed to raise a child, you know. Um, So no one knew.
0: How do you reflect back on that silence and that loneliness now?
1: That's a good question. I've never been asked that question before. Um, I think the silence um, was a survival skill for me. Um, I I couldn't turn to my mother. I couldn't turn to my dad's parents because they were abusive as well. Um, my brothers and sisters we could not ever talk about it so you know what I think it was a protection for me and yet I ran very hard and I stayed very busy and I did as much as I could out of the house you didn't talk about things like that back then
0: and no one around you guessed that anything was wrong
1: In third grade, I'll never forget my acting out in school or being sad or crying or trying to tell a our great teacher and no one would listen. They thought, you know, I'd made it up. And then at that point, I thought, okay, you know what, just better be quiet and just keep moving forward.
0: As often happens in these kind of circumstances, they operate in a cycle. And this was the case for you, too. You become pregnant around the time you got that car at 16.
1: That's right. And um, I learned from my mother... That my identity came from the man I was with, or at that point, high school, sweetheart. But, you know, that's also how I was taught that a man loves you. And that's all I knew. And like everybody else, I wanted to be loved. And I did. I ended up pregnant in high school, my junior year of high school.
0: What went through your mind when you found out you were pregnant?
1: Panic. What could I do? How could I hide this? Who was I going to tell? Hid it as long as I could until my mother found out
0: and her response
1: her response was the next day we got in the car we drove to Boston had a procedure had lunch came home and to this day 32 years later we've never talked about it
0: and that was only the first abortion that you had
1: that's right the um, second abortion again I'm repeating my mother's behavior there's so much guilt and shame from my first abortion. My marriage, as you had mentioned earlier, my marriage failed me as a result of my guilt and shame and not having a foundation, not having a purpose in our marriage. And we had two boys, and the marriage failed, and I did not feel loved in that relationship. And again, I wanted to be loved, and so I sought a man outside my marriage and ended up leaving my husband for this man, and um, once again found myself pregnant. It goes back to the guilt and shame. It's amazing what it does to you. It's vicious. It's horrible. And so, again, who could I tell? I had no one in my life I could tell. I couldn't go to my mother or my sister, and this man and I got in the car one day, and, you know, the first procedure was easy. It was, you know, quick, immediate gratification done, and on with your day and yet the guilt and shame still mounted
0: did you ever seek the help of a counselor or a friend
1: i did after my marriage failed and after my second abortion i knew there had to be a better life i knew there had to be more i went to church my whole life growing up but i never had a personal relationship with jesus and a friend of mine, a designer, uh, who was a design client of mine, we became friends, invited me to go to church with her one day. She knew that I had some issues, and I was running and struggling with life, knew I was newly divorced, and she asked me to go to church with her one day. I didn't go to church to hear the message. I went to church because afterwards I was going invited to her home to be with 26 family members. You have to realize that I grew up with two brothers and a sister and don't remember any of them in our home at any given time. We don't even remember each other past our early childhood days in that house together. So I wanted to know what 26 family members did on a Sunday afternoon. And when I went to church for the very first time, I knew that there was a better way. And they put me with a counselor. Her name was Joyce and the most incredible counselor ever. And we began the process of healing. And yet, while in that process, I was developing a personal relationship with the Lord, I met a man because the Bible says that he'll give us the desires of our hearts. And my desire was to be a mom and to be a wife and um, found myself pregnant again. And um, here I am, unwed, in a very prominent neighborhood in Dallas with two young children, knew the Lord, was going to counseling, and yet couldn't get out from underneath that guilt and shame and ended up having the third
0: abortion. On Open House, we're with Lisa Luby-Ryan, one of the ambassadors for I Am Second. So, how did that circumstance turn around, then, Lisa?
1: I continued my counseling with Joyce because I had to learn to forgive. Because I had just come to realize that the Lord had forgiven me for what I had done, and um, I had to learn to forgive my mother and my father. And so, I would write make a list of everything that I had to forgive them for, and. One day, I told Joyce, okay, we've gone over all the items on the list, and I have forgiven my parents for these things. You know, I'm free to go. She goes, okay, she said, but I think we should still pray longer, Lisa. It was easy for me to tell and pray and tell Joyce about the things what others had done to me. It was hard for me to tell the things I had done, the choices I had made so we sat there and we prayed, and um, the tears just started coming, and coming in the in the peace. And I looked at her and I said, "Have one more thing I need to, to tell you, and then I'm finished. I'm done. I'm gonna leave. And you know, hopefully, I don't have to come back." And she just sat there and I said, "Joyce, I said I had an abortion in high school, and um, she just prayed and prayed." And she didn't say anything. And this is not a minute. This is half an hour. This is longer. You know, she wasn't going anywhere. And so therefore, I couldn't go anywhere. And I just looked at her and said, okay. So says, I'm going to tell you the very last thing, and then I'm done. I'm out of here. And um, she just looked at me, and we prayed. And I said, Joyce, I said, I have to tell you. I said, I had another abortion. It was within me, and I left my husband for couldn't keep that child. What would I tell my boys? What would I tell my friends? What would I tell my clients? I said, I just can't. And um, I just cried and cried and cried. And each time I told her, it was just like a weight that I had been carrying for all those years of guilt and shame just lifted. And I had a choice that day that I could lay it all out there before the Lord and at His feet, or I could walk away. And carry the deepest, darkest secret, the last one that I had in the crevices of my heart. No one, no one knew that there was three. My sister knew there was two, but no one knew there was three. And she just sat there and I just and I said, okay, Joyce, I said, one last thing to tell you. I had one more abortion. And I said, Joyce, I said, it wasn't that long ago. The hardest part is one, I knew Jesus and I didn't turn to him, and I said, and the other thing that was so hard is that it was Jay. We were not married at the time, but it's my husband today. It was his only child. And the moment I said that, immediately I became a new person. I walked out of that room that day. and was a, the grass was greener, the sky was bluer, and everything that I had, tucked down deep in the crevices of my heart, were no longer there. That day I was pure.
0: So it's both the power of, in a way, a confession, but also the power of forgiveness, not only of your parents, but of yourself.
1: It was. You know what? What I had to learn is that, one, if God had forgiven me, who was I not to forgive them? And in his forgiveness, I realized that he had forgiven me and that all of a sudden I was free to do the things that he had created me to do, to have the desires of my heart fulfilled, which was to be a mom and a wife.
0: And how would you describe that life now as a mom and a wife?
1: If I can back up, if I can, I was looking to run for a political office here in Texas, and I hired a private investigator to go see what was out there, what they would find on me. All it took was four hours at my ex-husband's house, and they knew that I had left him for another man, and they knew that I had two abortions, possibly three, uncertain, and this private investigator came to me and said, Lisa, do your boys know this? And I said, no, they don't. My oldest son was in college, and my younger son was in high school, and she said, Lisa, she goes, if this ever got out to your boys and their friends and their parents, do you know what that will do to your children? And I just sat and I cried. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this is what had, was a desire of my heart, was to run for public office and to serve, and now they're telling me because of choices I made in the past, I can't do that, and yet I know the Lord told me I was forgiven, and why can't I do that? And so... um, I sat my boys down, and I told them, and I shared with them. And I shared with them when, how, where. They just held me and loved me and said, Mom, we love you anyway. And um, there was a Council for Life group of women here who is a pro-life organization here in Dallas, and they asked me to share my story for the very first time. And so my husband, my boys, I went to them because I had to have their permission and their support. And I asked them, I said, are you all okay? And they were both like, yeah, Mom, it's fine, but you know, we don't want to be involved in it, and you just go ahead and it's your story. And about a month before I was to share, my son from college called, and he said, Mom, he said, I really feel like I'm supposed to be there and support you. And my younger son said, Mom, I really need to take the day off of work and support you. And so the very first day I shared, both of my boys, my husband, our pastor, all my employees, I closed my businesses, All my friends, there was about 300 that gathered, and I shared my story for the very first time. And what's amazing about that is how once I shared my testimony, my story, it changed my relationship with my children forever. Because they were so grateful that they could say, this is who my mom is. This is where she's been. This is where she is, and God is pushing her through that door to share her story and set other women free, and we are going to support her. My story is not one that I'm proud of, but it's made me who I am today, and I like who I am today. My family likes who I am today, and the Lord loves who I am today because I share who am I to deny other women and men the gift of his salvation and redemption and grace by not sharing my story, because I could have lived in fear and shame my whole life.
0: And now you share that story as an ambassador with I am second. Can you tell me how you explain what that term I am second means?
1: Very simple, is that Christ is first, Jesus is first, and I'm second. That sounds easy, but it's not easy. But it is, and it's amazing that when you do put Him first, people think that you have to give up so much. You only have to give up what you know is not right, but to know that this big God who created the universe created me for a purpose, it's interesting. I had a woman come into my business recently, and she kind of watched me for a little bit, and she came up and she said, are you Lisa? And I said, yes. And she said, I just want you to know, she said, I've watched you for years from afar, both personally, professionally, and politically. And she said, I've always wondered how you do what you do. And she said, one night I was on the Internet and came across I Am Second. And she said, then I came across your testimony. And she said, I sat and I wept and I saw your story. And she goes, thank you for sharing your story because, you know what, our stories are the same. I've never told anybody else because of the guilt and shame because people are so afraid they don't want to share their story. And that's why when I spoke for the very first time, I had my family there because we fear that if our husbands or our children or our friends knew these choices that we made, then they would reject us. That's not the case. They want people who are real and can stand up and say, you know what? Yes, I have made wrong choices, but that's not who I am today. And so this woman said to me, Thank you for being so bold. But she said, I also then realized that you were free to do the things God created you to do, which is amazing.
0: And I'm sure that's been replicated in many lives and many people who've heard your story. It's such a powerful story. And I'm so privileged that you've been able to share it with us on Open House tonight. Lisa, Libby, Ryan, thank you so much for joining us on Open House.
1: Thank you. It's a pleasure to share. And, and um, I hope that women know and men know that there is freedom, that we serve a big God and grace and forgiveness is for everyone.
0: Lisa, thank you.